Wednesday episode of the 905 Roundup with uh, me, Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And we're welcoming back today two of our favorite regulars. Um, first of all, Laura Steiner from the Milton Reporter, senior reporter at the Milton Reporter. Uh, welcome back, Laura. Thanks. And Good to be here. And also we have Alan Can, who is the editor of the Muni Poly Matters Substack uh, website and um, and general local pol- political rabble rouser, is, uh, <laughs> he tells me, which um, are the best kind of rousers, we, we believe. <laughs> um, welcome back, Alan. Thank you very much, Nolan. Uh, nice to be here. And we thought that, you know, we, we started off the kind of municipal election season um, earlier this week just with a, a kind of roundup of what had been happening, in particular in Hamilton. I mean, a general look, we were looking at Vaughan, but we, we certainly took quite a, a a bit of a look at uh, Burlington and, and Hamilton as well. And uh, Laura and Alan are uh, uh, very much our kind of experts in, in other parts of Halton and in Peel and York, um, uh, and indeed across the, across the country. And um, so we thought we would uh, invite them back to kind of give us an update on what's been happening in, in those regions of the 905. Um, so, Laura, why don't you you start us off first? I mean, uh, it looks like there's actually um, some interesting races um, um, kind of bubbling up in Milton. It, it Somewhat unexpectedly, uh, Milton looks like it might be one of the more interesting elections this uh, municipal season. Yeah. yeah, so the I think the biggest headline is Mayor Krantz is running... Or, Mayor Krantz will run again. I think everybody, we've known this since March, practically, he announced it. March 1965. (laughs) Yeah, but the headline is there's another, he's getting an opponent, he's got an opponent. Um, Ward 4, regional Ward 4 councillor Zishan Hamid has thrown his hat, proverbial hat, in the ring. And um, there's, those two are probably, there's, Two others whose names I'm not not familiar as familiar with um, that are going to contest the mayor's the mayor's race. And I, mean, and, I guess and I guess the why um, so Zishan Hamid is is kind of interesting because he's already an incumbent. You know, he's someone who's won an election, and so he's he you know very often when we look at municipal races. And we don't get excited when there's a bunch of candidates who we've never heard of before, who've never run for office before, running against someone like, well, Lord, like Gord Krantz, you know. Yeah. Um, so you, you, t- you obviously give a bit more credibility, I guess, to, to someone like uh, Councillor Hamid. Yeah. Well, um, it should it should also be pointed out here, though, that Gord Krantz, if I'm not mistaken, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the longest serving uh sitting mayor in Ontario uh to date. Like I I I don't I don't know if he's beaten Hazel McCallion's record, but he's, right right he's beaten yeah. Hazel McCallion. Yeah, so I mean like that it, that's not, that, and that in itself is a bit of an accomplishment that you're constantly being reelected uh to to the mayorship. However, I do think this race is a bit interesting because <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, Hamid has a credible shot at at, at ousting uh, Mayor Krantz from uh, from office, am I right or am I wrong about that? Um, my sense is yes. There's a credible. There's a there's a path to it, but there's of course the dominoes are going to have to fall exactly right. 
but there's a it would be a mistake to uh, it would be a mistake to sort of write write cancer for meat off but um i for the sake of argument yes i've and i've spoken with um there's there's been like little um little chats we get to talking politics with the people who aren't really as engaged in a non-election year and they're starting to there's starting to be a bit of a buzz that Mayor Krantz might have um Mayor Krantz shouldn't be running again um he's he's really not he's kind of not the mayor that Melton should have as a growing community and when you get and it's sort of the buzz has been kind of building by election the last couple of times and um and when you get some people who aren't as engaged in politics talking like that then yeah there's definitely a shot in the way through uh alan i saw you you, you waved yeah. your hand there a minute uh, yeah chime in yeah Definitely, because uh, what Laura said is very clear and concise, because you'll now will have a very clear and distinct uh, competing visions, if you will, between what the town want uh, is, and I guess, and what the town wants to be. And I think um, Councillor Hamid is on the side of what the town should be and wants to be going forward in the future. And whatever Mayor Krantz represents, um, it's... Um, you know, I guess the same old, same old. I'd be interested to see how Mayor Krantz's uh, style of campaigning contrasts with uh, Councilor Hamid's. He, mm. uh, Councilor Hamid obviously has a more modern outlook on this. He's got, he's got a whole website. He is on social media, whereas I understand Mayor Krantz may not have a, a landline to speak of. So, um, he has a landline. Uh, but this is an interesting, uh, interesting historical president here. Councilor Hamid will be the third councilor, city councilor, or former councilor that I am aware of that has tried to run against Mayor Krantz. Uh, he, Mayor Krantz in 1997 beat current regional councillor Colin Best. In 2003, he beat councillor Rick Malbuff, both of whom of those gentlemen have recently acclaimed to their council seats yeah. because nobody nobody filed to run against them last uh, uh, the August 19th deadline. Um, Alan, Alan I, I did want to ask you, and I, I alluded to that in my, my previous statement about the comparisons, obviously, between Gore Krantz and Hazel McCallion. Um, you know, the the idea is like if you've been in, in office for that long, you, you've seen so much. You know, you've seen so many changes, so many elections. You've addressed probably numerous issues over your your years in office in any many elections. Um, is is there? You know, are we just going to see like a like a is Robert Kranz basically like the the new modern, if you will, Hazel McCallion, where he he kind of gets he'll get the chance to leave he'll leave on his own terms when he says I'm I'm done I will leave the the people won't decide for me. Well, that's what we're going to have to see going in the election in October. Uh, but my understanding is, and I don't know Milton as well as I do in Mississauga, Hazel McCallion in Mississauga was whether you agree with her or not, she was at least a fighter. She fought for um, the city. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, the legendary stories are that like premiers would cower at the sight of Hazel coming to Queens Park. I mean, it was just that sort of intimidating presence that uh, Mayor McCallion had over almost four decades uh, running one of Canada's largest cities. And Mayor Krantz, uh, from the people I've spoken to, does not express that sort of fighting spirit with all due respect that I think uh, some of his 
detractors would have wanted him to say. Uh, I'm not going to review who I spoke to, but they told me that um, when it's around like Halton Regional Council, uh, you have mayors like Oakville's Rob Burton and Burlington's Marianne Mead Ward, whether you agreed with them or not, they were fighting for their municipalities. Let's take a look at the recent decision to uh, freeze the urban boundary in the Halton region. Um, I believe that Mayors Burton and Mead Ward fought for that. I, I do believe Mayor Kranz fought against that, but I don't think he was as vocal as those two other mayors. And with all due respect, when you're 85 years old, I don't think one has the energy sometimes. I mean, Hazel McCallion may be an exception, but, you know, when you're at that point in your life, maybe just fighting like your life depends on it is not something that is um, that inherent anymore. And I get the sense that Councillor Hamid has a bit of more of that fighting drive. His website says that I'm going to fight for Milton. That's like one of the first lines that I saw. And that might be one of the uh, talking points going into this campaign. He's certainly someone, I mean, I mean, full disclosure, I, I had a little bit of prior knowledge of, of uh, Councillor Hamid just through a friend of a friend. Um, uh, I don't know him, but I, I just knew of him before uh, he announced he was running. Uh, and he's he's he certainly he's an interesting character like i mean before, before he decided to run he's, he's someone who was like i think he mo rode motorbikes around lake superior or something like this earlier this year or last year or something like that so certainly um someone who had come to my attention as not your run-of-the-mill counselor anyway uh because with the well, say with the greatest respect with the greatest respect usually that's a phrase that's synonymous with no respect at all. <laughs> and when I say yeah. most counselors are kind of boring, let's face it. Um, if they were that interesting, they probably wouldn't be counselors. Um, and it struck me as like, oh, this is an interesting person with interesting, you know, some of his uh, tweets, which were just not your regular run of the mill kind of um, boring, for want of better words, um, um, political comments that, 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 many councillors will make um uh, so I, you know it was interesting having already kind of formed that opinion oh this is someone who's a little bit interesting to see him uh throwing his hat into the ring um uh and i mean you got you've got to recommend core crats you know if, if time for if there's only two elections time for a change in four more years this is there can never be more of a time for a change election no <laughs> when the mayor is uh, in his 80s and that's another side of it, too, because for the last the other thing I've been kind of hearing now and again through the last two years is he um, he's not a, he's not really around when he's not really visible when you need the, when you need that leadership through the through the pandemic. I mean, the other some of the other counselors would put out statements and would be visible on social media. And I think counselors. Hamid and Kluwet included, but um, but not so much Mayor Krantz. Um, um, I, 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 there's there's a, a point about that. You know, the talk of we need like a strong, you need a strong mayor in in Milton, um, and I think the one thing we need to keep in mind is the next four years, because um, the relationship between the municipalities, especially the 905 and Queens Park, um, I'm predicting. Is probably going to be a very divisive one 
uh, over the next four years. I, I just, I, I see, I don't know of anything for certain, but let's just face it. This, this provincial government wants a lot of uh, uh, stuff from the from the municipalities, in particular with Milton, uh, and we'll get into probably Peel a little bit further on. But Highway Four Thirteen, the 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 current uh, provincial government wants to build it. Uh, this was an issue in the last term a bit. Milton kind of came down. They they were initially opposed to it. Then they flip flopped. Said now we are in favor of it. Um, yeah. How, you know how how big of an issue, uh, Laura, is this going to play uh, in terms of get making sure that this the town of Milton, which could have a big influence on the outcome of this, uh, has a united voice in the and uh, where they stand on well, Highway Four Thirteen at this point? Because I remember I think it was a con- I remember a conversation that we had about the Four Thirteen, and after that, I went back and I looked through through different things through all the all the council minutes and all the all the video and stuff and found out that they basically vote they basically did the double negative where you voted and where you voted against something that the regional council had already voted against so it was like you you voted in favor of it and there really is kind of i think there's a bit of a division on that one there's councillors that see, there's councillors that see it as uh, progress as as a highway that would bring people in and take people, at, you know, as increasing commerce that way and um, get people into town a little bit easier. But um, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be much of an issue versus put there's a read road, there's a quarry they want us somebody wants to build a re- reopen or build a quarry um, at Reed Road and Twist Road, which is just in Campbellville. I'm not sure how much, so in that light, I'm not sure the 413 is gonna really, um, mm-hmm. is gonna really pump it up. It's, it's gonna be, be a big, big issue. I think there's bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Well, these kind of these that. kind of hyper local things tend to catch the attention. <clears throat> so quarries quarries are always good for um, getting people angry, right? Um, and and yeah. I think most certainly Burlington has its quarry story. Um, uh, most of the 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 certainly the the, the cities that border on the uh, the green belt. Or, and on the escarpment, obviously, um, all seem to have their quarry stories of one kind or another. Where would, where would, I mean, I guess with the um, the debate about the uh, uh, the CN rail hub, uh, Mayor Krantz and I think most of council were kind of outwardly a- a- against that. Um, so that they're against one kind of transportation, but for another one, and it would seem that the more um, there is. With the sorry to interrupt, but the <laughs> CN though there is a whole host of urban urban growth issues with that, mm-hmm. and the first and foremost being one of the entrances, um, jurisdictional and urban planning issues. One of the big one, two of the big ones. One is at one point I'm not sure if this is still the case, but at one point one of the entrances to the facility was directly opposite a and. Neighbor was directly opposite a neighborhood that's been planned for 
for years. And the other, the the jurisdictional issue is basically CN has decided that they're a federally regulated industry and doesn't want to, and they don't want to go through the regular planning issue, planning procedures. And that means permits, that means appearances before councils and, and all that stuff. It's, 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 so, so basically no one ever wants wants to deal with councils. <laughs> it's just that, you know, we have laws and you, and you have to. But uh, yeah, I mean, CN falls into that, that same realm as, as say, um, airports do without mentioning yeah. any particular litigious, highly litigious airport uh, that might exist. Um, uh, they also fall under federal government and are kind of exempt from uh, municipal... Uh, jurisdiction uh and it, it it's kind of a, a loop you know we have all these loopholes in our in our law um where people manage to get out of the normal way in which things are done because they fall under another level of government and it's a it's a it seems to be a real perennial problem anyway we should probably move on to other parts of the 905 um the uh, I mean, just as we sort of wrap up on on the Milton part of the episode, um, I mean, are there any other uh, sort of yes. interesting uh, well, people running well, for, actually, for rolling, council? Yeah, well, well, actually, well, yeah. Just to go back to Milton a bit, I believe in Ward Three, um, Councillor Cluett, Mike Cluett, he's actually being challenged by yes. local councillor Rick De Lorenzo. Yes, that's uh, correct. That's an interesting that, uh, that choice for Mr. De Lorenzo. <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, I'll it didn't surprise me Samir Ali. It didn't surprise me Samir Ali went for the regional council spot as uh, Councillor Hamid is running for mayor. But when I saw De Lorenzo's name, I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." Uh, considering that Councillor Fuert won eighty percent of his uh, re-election in twenty eighteen, and uh, he pretty much owns that award, quote unquote. So, yeah. um, so, so what, why why is he why would he do that? Then? Yeah, is, Laura uh, could probably answer that. I I. Honestly, no idea. I can't even guess. Um, my, if I were to guess, I would say the growth thing probably plays into it. He's been um, noticing that he's been aligning himself a little bit with Councillor Best, and Councillor Best, the big um, Councillor Best, came up with the idea to kind of kick that, um, kick the debate over expanding urban boundaries in Milton down the road another few years so that would be my guess but we're seeing a kind of pro pro growth uh, a pro accelerated growth and pro more moderate level of yeah sort of of moderate the moderate versus yeah that that's kind of what i suspect happened there but i don't know for sure Uh Um, yeah that really that that surprised me before we, uh, we we pass on to the next topic, I do want to get your take, both you and Alan's take, on the Halton chair race, which kind of snuck up and, and became a bit of a uh, what's going on here moment. For listeners, initially, Gary Carr was going to retire or... or it was heavily walk- rumored. I mean, he never said anything, but it was heavily, heavily well, he, rumored. Heavily, heavily rumored. He was, this was his, he was not running. He was going to kind of gracefully walk out and leave that. And I'll leave it to somebody else. To which Jane McKenna, uh, Burlington MPP, said, "I'm not running for re-election in the last provincial election. Instead, she was declaring she, her intentions for regional chair, 
which all of a sudden Gary Carr comes in and says, guess what? I'm back. And kind of just, what, what is your take on all this? Uh, and I, I, I think it's because of this, uh, the, the, the issue I mentioned before, the urban growth boundary, uh, the, the vote on it. And it really, I think Jay McKenna might, this might be the, one of the races where it really is kind of like this proxy war between the governing conservatives in Queens Park and I guess local or progressive types who are, I guess, smart growth uh, representation. Because, uh, and there's an interesting political backstory here in that Gary Carr is a former progressive conservative MPP, former speaker of the Ontario legislature mm -hmm. who uh, only got that job because the opposition at the time voted him in. He was a bit of a maverick in his own caucus. He actually left the PCs and became a liberal MP for a cup of coffee before he uh, was defeated for his federal uh, election. And then he ended up becoming halted regional chair and was, I guess, unopposed for a number of t uh, terms before uh, I guess Jane McKenna stepped I mean, in. Yeah, I mean, in the in the interest of just complete accuracy, he he did have an opponent um, uh, uh, who uh, who is this time running against Marianne Mead Ward um, as a, uh, a frequent flyer and Marsden um, <laughs> who's run in many elections. Um, but yeah, I, 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 with all again that phrase, with all due respect to Anne Marsden, uh, he 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 won extremely easily uh, i think we we can say um yeah um yeah i mean it it, it that's kind of how it strikes me i think you, you described it really well that it's kind of the 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 gary carr is is an old school progressive conservative guy or progressive yeah. enough that he can also be a liberal sometimes you know there should, I mean, I think there should also be pointed out as well though um it, it is a three-way race this year yeah because uh, the the third uh candidate who uh kind of surprised caught us a bit really is rolling i a bit by surprise was andrea grabantz who we've had on the podcast before she's the former halton district school board mm -hmm. chair um and yeah she she's no longer she's clearly not running for this uh her, her old uh ward seat for the halton uh, district I, school board uh and you know is this going to be one of the more interesting races just because it's a three-way i think race she's, of i think she'd be the one to watch I, I haven't met um i haven't met jane anyway yeah, i haven't met yeah. her i haven't yeah. met the other competitor but i've met andrea mm -hmm. and i think she's the one to watch i i tend to agree with you mostly because like she's, andrea very, was, she's very impressive well, she was also the chair of the, of the Halton Catholic School Board. She has connections. Halton Districts. Halton District. Yes, my apologies. You're right, Halton District School Board. But <laughs> An she, important she distinction. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, but she she has the connections within the school communities across that entire, like it's a large region. Mm -hmm. Jane's connections are primarily within the riding the, the, of, of Burlington. And not, not even, I wouldn't even say the city of Burlington. I would say the riding. The, the provincial riding of Burlington is where her her network and her 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 strength and power comes from. So I I would agree if if people are looking for change at the Halton regional level in in you know Andrea would probably be able to to drum up a good number of support or at least a good good base to uh, to push forward with that. My feeling we're just throwing in my own yeah I mean Andrea um, Andrea Grabance is is a 
as someone of obvious ability, she she made um, some good. Um, uh, you know, she put Holden School Board on the map for some good reasons, which which doesn't happen uh, very often with school board stories. It tends to be that somebody's said something awful, um, and mm-hmm. and there were some notable kind of cases of of that board under her leadership as chair um really making some impactful statements to the province during covid and and kind of not um you know not willing not being willing to just put up with what what was going from the province the problem is that as far as i can see is that you know going from trustee level to regional chair level is a much bigger jump and i don't see I personally would have thought she would have been wiser to go for a council seat um, because, um, you know, no one has ever run for the regional chair and beaten an incumbent yet. You've got to get votes from a massive area of the entire um, region. And most people have no idea who Andrea Grabenz is. Um, Sure, you've got some parents who do, but that only gets you so far. Um, it's impossible as as a as a someone who's never run before who doesn't have a kind of background to to get the get the bodies who are going to go and knock on doors for you. So that, that would be the challenge. I see. I mean, I, I if I was proved wrong and she was to win, if she was to win, I think she'd probably be the most interesting uh, regional chair we we'd had in a very long time. It would certainly be a breath of fresh air. Uh, I just think that the 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 practicalities are that we may know she's uh, an interesting candidate. How do you get that message to the voters who just are so? You know, the regional chair racist are such a non-entity. Um, yeah, but I think she's got a shot because there's really only three candidates running, and if there were more candidates, that would dilute the vote and. Uh, it would have been harder for Andrea to get attention. But if she's just facing two people that yeah. are almost, in a sense, career politicians. Yeah, and, and, yes, and I, 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 think, I think Jane McKenna has bitten off way more than she can chew here. I think she's massively over, overestimated her, her yeah. um, the affection with which she's held by the population, which is, I think is actually close to zero. Um, wow. Uh, well, I mean... You That's know, a statement. It, 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 Jane McKenna couldn't get more than a couple hundred votes when she ran for council here. She became an MPP because because Burlington elects conservative MPPs, right, or PC mm. MPPs, and and um, uh, she was the first PC MPP to actually be beaten. And fine, she she won it back again because of her loyalty to Patrick Brown. Basically, that was uh, her support for him guaranteed that she got another kick at the can. And in a more favourable election, she won it back. But it's not about Jane McKenna. It's about Burlington being a generally strongly... Uh, well, no, not a strongly PC uh, city anymore. Obviously, it's it's a, a, it's a marginal but she seat. Was, she, but she relied on her conservative bona fides and yeah. the conservative machine to help push her through. But And I exactly. think she wants... She's thinking she can bank on those same connections yeah, for this yeah, regional chair and it's not, you know again i mean you know in milton who knows who jane mckenna is in milton i would be i don't to, yeah exactly you know what? who on, knows who on, she's in oakville very few people on that note let's move on to peel um 
Uh, Alan, nothing's happening in Peel, right? End of story. Let's move on. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish nothing was happening in Peel. It makes my job much easier. So I think everybody's looking at Brampton, but let me start from my hometown, Mississauga. Uh, I'm going to say flat out right. First of all, Bonnie Crombie is not losing. I'm pretty sure she's guaranteed a third term. Her, her, her name is literally going to be the first name on a ballot when the when the ballots get printed. So, is there, is, there con- again, is there a contender there at all? I I don't know of anyone as other than Bonnie Crombie, a real name. I I, I don't there. see anybody that I recognize. Uh, there might be one named uh, like Derek Ramkisun may have run before in 2010 or 2014, but that was before I think uh, Bonnie became the mayor what's really i think what people really need to focus on in mississauga is the local races for council there are three councillors that are not running yet in wards two nine and eleven uh ward two you have at least seven or i think eight people contesting because that was a ward for former councillor karen raz who stepped down in january to uh accept the job in the private sector uh, we'll get to, into that in a minute. Um, but uh, she was replaced by former councillor Pat Mullen, who was appointed for the duration of the term. Uh, yeah, the candidates when they're uh, a collective mix. Uh, I know a guy named Alvin Tejo. He is the former Ontario Liberal candidate, former right. Ontario leadership right. yeah, Alvin, candidate yeah. for the Liberals. Uh-huh. Um, there is also a woman named Sylvia Guarantieri, who coincidentally is Patrick Brown's mother-in-law. And um, and there's a lady named Sue Shanley who uh, is involved in ratepayers and uh, residents associations. So she's got those uh, ties with the residents groups. And in Ward Two, where it's South End Mississauga, uh, the the connections to uh, homeowners associations and ratepayers groups are a little more important. Um, I'm very interested to see uh, what Sylvia Quarantieri how she would do because, as I mentioned, she. I believe is uh, Patrick Brown's mother-in-law. Patrick's wife, uh, Genevieve Guantieri, is, um, I think, her daughter. So uh, she looks like she has conservative connections based on... I think Patrick Brown showed up at her launch. So uh, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ward 9 is Pat Sato retiring after 31 years in office. Uh, so Pat Sato has clearly endorsed someone. She endorsed a local activist by the name of Martin Reed. Uh, he would probably be the first black man elected to well in that ward at least if he was to be elected but ward nine has oh this is good ward nine has about 11 candidates ranging from uh school trustee noka the group former liberal mpp bob the lady and uh former ndp provincial candidate nicholas raba uh raba fine foods is the family where that's who where he's from oh and also um a gentleman by the name of peter mccallion now, if that name sounds familiar, that is Hazel McCallion's son. He registered on the oh. deadline. So, yes, Peter McCallion, uh, I believe he's around 69 years old or 68. And uh, he's in the real estate industry. And if anybody remembers. Yeah, that, was, that, there's a story there, isn't there? With, with, yeah, yeah, about yeah. A, about about eight years ago, he, uh, he had a bit of a real estate transaction that he tried to uh, mm-hmm. get through with the city. And... Uh, uh, I think at the time his mother tried to get involved and this led to a whole kerfuffle with conflict of interest allegations and uh, Hazel dodged a bullet on that one as well. But yes, Peter McCallion, her son, is contesting for counselor in Ward 9. Uh, very interesting to see how that turns out. Yeah, You've you got to say there's some, there's, some, there's some candidates of stature there between, between those races. I mean, like Alvin... 
to Joe. I mean, fair enough, he's never won an election yet, but he's running. Yeah, no, he hasn't won yet. He ran, he ran he, for the leadership. He did run of the, in 2014, actually. He did run in 2014. He right. built somewhat of a base there. He's from the ward. I don't. Well, actually, I think I think there are allegations that some of these other candidates in War Two are not from the ward, and an award like that, that's a little more important. Uh, I also want to mention Ward 11. Uh, former federal conservative MP Brad Butt is contesting Ward 11. Oh. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of former. Isn't he originally provincial... from West? Like... Brad Butt? No, no, yeah. he uh, he's from Mississauga. He was okay. the federal MP for Mississauga Streetsville for uh, a term under Stephen Harper, but he lost okay. in 2015. Um, what? Sorry, no, I finish, finish your thought, Alan, and then I'm going to try my And uh, I think one more ward to watch, and full disclosure, I'm helping a candidate in this ward is Ward 6. We work, this is uh, Council Ron Starr's ward, as in Ron Key Car Star, or, um, you know, the, the Key Master, as I like to call him. Uh, so, yes, um, so Mr. Key Master is running against a guy named Joe Hornick, a uh, former banker, yes. for, uh, current resident of Ward 6, a uh, ward. Mr. Is there Stone a story behind world? that nickname? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, I made. Oh, I made that up. Okay. okay. I mean, well, well, you want us a refresher on the on the just, uh, Karen well, just, Rass story? Yeah, just, okay. yeah, just... Ron Starr was uh, accused by Karen Rass, who I mentioned before, the War Two counselor. Uh, she stepped down in January. The reason she stepped down, she later revealed, was that her car was vandalized up to seven or eight times in the space of two years in the city's underground parking lot. And she accused Councillor Ron Starr of keying her car. Um, so uh, the city had not launched an investigation before because they thought, because uh, Councillor Rass wanted to keep it private, according to the mayor. Uh, when this was uh, blown up in the press uh, earlier this year, the integrity commissioner was called and he started an investigation. That investigation concluded a few months ago and uh, this is all on public record. Uh, the IC's report said that Ron Starr did uh, vandalize Council Raz's car uh, based on the evidence that was provided. Uh, Ron Starr's lawyer and Ron, Mr. Starr is contesting those allegations. He still denies that he did this. Um, and I believe there are currently some lawsuits that Mr. Starr is pursuing with various parties. That's uh, the extent of the knowledge that I know of. But yes, you would think that Ron Councilor Starr would probably focus on his legal issues than running for re-election, but that's what he did. And so, uh, yeah, and so he is running against uh, who I mentioned, uh, Mr. Hornick, and a third candidate named uh, Mohammed Kamil, who, if you Google his name on Facebook, we will find that he actually was door-knocking and handing out flyers for Joe Hornick in the 2018 election. Um, so... Just three candidates there. I'm impressed that Joe has managed to uh, maybe, quote-unquote, scare off any other possible challengers because you'd think if uh, you've got an embattered incumbent like this, you would see a whole bunch of people jumping in. But I think uh, the the, op the consolidation against this Star has focused on Mr. Hornick. I, and I think... I want, uh, I want to just jump in and then uh, uh, make a comment here. And this is something that we mentioned in the last episode was the number of federal or provincial politicians, failed provincial or, or federal politicians who are now jumping into the federal scene, or sorry, uh, municipal scene as almost like, is it a consolation prize? Is, is it like, I, I can't, I cannot not 
it's the only job I know. I all I know is how to politic and how to campaign. So mm-hmm. if there's no option uh, at the provincial or federal level, well, I'm just going to bum around my hometown and find a ward a ward seat somewhere that I can uh, I can sit in. Like what? I, I, I was wondering like, what 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 do they what do any of these people possibly bring to the table in terms of a vision or an idea for Mississauga, other than the fact of well, I, I was also at this level of power, so you should give me the seat I, I at mean, this level of power. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're upset about Brad Butt in Ward Eleven and Bob the Lady in Ward uh, Nine, you should look at Brampton. I can move in on, on to there. Because there's a number of candidates running in Brampton who were either failed nomination candidates mm-hmm. who, or who ran previously for federal MP or who whatever. For, for, there yeah. are two former NDP candidates that I know of who are running for ward councillors in, uh, in the city of Brampton. Uh, and I, guess, in, I mean, to be fair, I, I guess, you know, most, most people who go into politics don't win on the first kick of the can right and you you you, yeah exactly to keep on going if at first you don't succeed and and yeah and like in the case of bob delaney he didn't really like he lost in 2018 but he didn't jump right in to run for a city council spot in the same year i mean he waited i mean it's been four years so i don't know maybe he just thinks he's got a shot because like it's an open word and there's a base mm-hmm. of support there, but in Brampton, uh, well, actually in Brampton, it's I, just it's just fascinating to me because um, yeah. we all, Patrick Lay Brown honest. is on the ballot again uh, after having been kicked out of the federal conservative leadership race. Shocking! Uh, there were a number of candidates know. that really? kind of jumped in, that jumped out at the last second because they realized that Patrick Brown probably is going to win. The only name on there is a woman named Nikki Core. Um, now. You, your listeners may not be aware of this, but uh, Nikki Core was the whistleblower who blew the whistle, so yeah. to speak, on Patrick Brown's shenanigans up in City Hall for the past year, ranging from uh, allegations that Patrick Brown uh, was getting city staff to work on Peter McKay's federal conservative leadership to his own conservative leadership campaign this year, uh, al- allegations that... Um, Patrick Brown used his influence to hire um, failed city, uh, I mean, region of Niagara um, employees into the city. Brand. So it's all that, that whole swirling thing. Your friend, Sam Graywell at the Pointer, has done extensive reporting on this issue. Yeah. He will know exactly who Nikki yeah. Core is. So um, here's the thing. Nikki Core's campaign manager, as far as I understand it, is a guy named Nick Kovalis. Who, uh, oh, who Nick- ran oh. Doug, yes, he who ran Doug okay. Ford's leadership campaign, yeah. or he who ran Doug Ford's re-election campaign this past June, as well as currently also managing somehow John Tory's re- re-election at the same time. Uh, if you follow uh, Nick Kovalis' tweets, he said that he had a lot of dirt. It's almost as though Nick Kovalis is running for Brampton mayor, not as not not this poor woman Nikki Core. I feel like she's yeah. almost a she's it's almost like, like a, a proxy civil war, almost a proxy war. It's almost like a proxy yeah. war. I'm very interested to see all, how all this deep unfolds. In the, all, I mean, this is conservative oh, against conservative, and, and nothing gets nastier <laughs> it's than like, no, conservative. I, I, it's like I can't make this up. Right? This is this is this is like this has got. Re- this is. I'm not. Gonna, I don't know of anything for sure. But th- doesn't this just reek of like Doug Ford playing like a little bit of behind the camera, behind the scenes? I want to. I want to turf out my hated enemy, Patrick O'Brien, uh, uh, Patrick Brown, 
Um, because I think I think Ford wants to keep John Tory. Like it's like Nick, go out and work on your work your magic and get my people at the municipal level where I need them to be, so that my job is easier as that, premier. The day that Patrick Brown, the day that Patrick Brown was kicked out of the leadership, Nicole Fallis tweeted out. Um, basically, I thought he was being sarcastic, but it turns out to be real. He said. If you can formulate a coherent sentence and are in support of Highway 413 and want to be the mayor of Brampton, DM me immediately. So he was saying, he wow. wants, he was at that time, he was saying, I want a mayoral candidate to back and you have to support Highway 413. So, I mean, the provincial agenda is right there. Yeah. And he yeah. wants to yeah. pick a municipal standard but, bearer that will support that. I don't know. My, my theory, and again, it goes back to reporting. Um, I did on the Melton campaign. My theory as to why he was thrown out of the race was it actually had to do with um, it actually had to do with the names on his nomination papers that maybe somebody did some investigating and found out that one or two of them might be fraud. Let, let me put it this way: completely theoretical. A, no, well, I, have no I, I will say that any if if we had a more um, what's the word I'm looking for? If there were more journalists still on the pay of, of, of newspapers in this province and there were, you know, people such as yourself, Laura, with the time getting paid to, to investigate leadership elections and whose names are on, on, on things like nomination papers, <laughs> who donates, who pays for the memberships, that would be a very interesting line of uh, investigation uh, and not just for the PCs for probably any of the political parties um, there are rules and laws written in the province of Ontario that, that I suspect are routinely not enforced during leadership elections and uh, it's not right it's not right I mean somehow and this is just no, seen as, as an acceptable okay, but, so, uh, way of doing business but, but to bring, but to bring you know, that back down bring that back down to ground so to speak um, you know that, like so what do you what is what is Brampton going to be left with is Brampton going to be left with uh, nepotism or obedience ne I nepotism don't know. to Patrick I mean, Brown or the, obedience to the, Doug Ford the, is that how it works well, I don't know. The sort of divisions we've seen around Brampton City Council the past year, um, they've really like been out in the open. Like I thought Brampton Council had divisions before, but this was even this is even worse. Um, you have one councillor being, being accused of sexual harassment. He's still on the ballot. Uh, two councillors that actually are not running again. Uh, one of them had actually withdrawn on the day of the registration. Um, I think he said he wanted to fulfill term limit term a term limit pledge or something um but uh i think what we're seeing is that there is maybe some attempt by patrick brown to get councillors elected that are supportive of him because this past couple of months he's been dealing with divisions on council because yeah. one of the councillors left and he was left with a five to five split on council so there were five councillors that were pushing for um the firing of the uh I guess integrity commissioner in that in that city, and as well as uh, pushing for the firing of the uh, uh, very controversial uh, former city manager, 
uh, who was a uh, Patrick Brown, uh, alleged Patrick Brown loyalist. So uh, because those things happened, and then there was a whole controversy about a full fill, filling a council seat because one of them, one of the councillors was elected as a PCMPP in June. Mm-hmm. Um, that never went through because uh, councillors just refused to meet, and so they were denied the quorum. Uh, and yeah, that that's kind of like, we're just left now with the election has to be to solve all of this see that's usually that, that's usually how it goes though is the elections yeah, are yeah, where exactly. we're we um, supposed to solve all the problems that we have at whatever level that we're voting for um but my understanding is Alan, yeah. i mean you had some polling data on on your website uh this week and 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 i i thought you know that, that after all the scandal and everything and, and the fact that patrick brown has taken you know he, he didn't want to go to brampton in the first place it was his third choice of job um, the minute he could apply for a job, for a better job, so to speak, he, he was trying to get out of Brampton again. And he keeps on ending up back in Brampton because they're the only people who have him. I thought, well, surely to God, you know, this isn't this doesn't look good for him. They're going to want somebody else. But I mean, according to your polling data, he's going to walk home. I mean, that poll was from Main Street Research and it was included, decided and undecided voters. So, but, but still, yes, Bear uh, Brown is still miles ahead. He has between 40 to 60% of the vote and 40% compared to the other ones who are, who are compared to potential challengers in the low teens. I mean, that's pretty much a majority government in, in standard parliamentary election in this country. Um, but if you're walking away with 60%, it's just name recognition at the end of the day. If you follow yeah. Patrick Brown's uh, social media, he is at every single event yeah. in the city of Brampton. Like if you, yeah. if you went to like, if you went to the opening of an envelope, he would probably be there. I was going to say, is, yeah. there, is there a baby he hasn't kissed yet? Ran- you see this guy show up at random weddings for people like everywhere. So it's it's he, it's he, amazing to me as incredible. someone who observes. It, hey, it, wor- it worked for Trudeau. It uh, it did. Yeah. And he, I mean, Patrick Brown also, has I really believe Woody his... Allen once said 90, 90% of time is just you show up and that's how you become successful. So uh, yeah. I think that was the quote. <laughs> And Patrick Brown is certainly his whole career has been built on that kind of personal connections with with, with individuals, with community groups. He did it when he became leader of the PCs. Like no one, no one thought he had a chance of doing that, and he did it purely by by. I mean, and to give him credit where it's due, through hard work. It's just a shame he doesn't show the talent for actual governing that he shows at getting people to sign up for memberships. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems, and I don't think there's any politician in Ontario probably who's better at reaching out into different um, ethnic groups, different religious groups, and making connections there, and and kind of persuading them to be loyal to him. It it really is quite a phenomenon that I think other people, such as um, Stephen Del Duca to an extent, uh, uh, have tried to emulate and not nearly been as been nearly as successful with. So. There's something there, but it's just when it comes to the politics of Patrick Brown, it's like, uh, I kind of feel with Brampton, it's like, seriously, guys, do you not have some civic pride that wouldn't it be nice to have a mayor who wants to be here? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I think think maybe just, it's just the overall Canadian general ability to forgive and forget and just to give people a Mm. second, third, fourth chance, maybe. And uh, it looks like the Brentonians are willing to give this guy a couple more chances before they tire of him eventually. 
you did mention Stephen Del Duca. I could uh, talk a little bit about that. Please um, do, please do. Yeah. Yes, please. Well, in York Region, it looks like uh, Stephen Del Duca has completed his transition from being the former Lib- Liberal Party leader to a almost a uh, board supporting conservative type because uh, he is running for mayor of Vaughan. Um, and mm-hmm. he has scrubbed his social media from all away of all the red that's available and converted himself to a blue guy. Uh, he's I he's doing videos that. and the colors are very short saying he wants to fight congestion. He wants to fight traffic. Yeah. I mean, if he is out there supporting Highway 413 at this point, I'm not surprised. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he wants to be the mayor of Vaughan. Uh, because yeah. uh, the current ma- the current mayor Maurizio Babalacqua is uh, stepping down, so he's not running again. And, oh. uh, yeah, and that's why Stephen Del Tuca is running. He's probably the most recognizable name on the ballot. But I will say this: we looked at his website and his platform and broadcast listeners. You can't see it, but I am holding up my air quotes. Uh, his platform is basically just anti gridlock, and a lot of his plans to combat that gridlock rests at the provincial level. A lot of it has to, like, or he's going to have to go across uh, a regional lines or regional platforms to try and fix it. Like it's, it's a very, it's ambitious and bold and wonderful, but I, I look and say, that's not, it's too big for as, one mayor to as take somebody, on. As somebody who um, put some of my time helping a liberal candidate in the, pre, in the recent provincial election, it's a little embarrassing for me to see the former leader of this party kind of almost grovel at the hand of the king or the the king known as Doug Ford because <laughs> right. he wants support to become the mayor. I will say he is running against the current councillor by the name of Sandra Rackle, who I believe if she would get elected would be the first Chinese Canadian woman to lead the city of Vaughan. Yeah. Uh, I say Rackle, I say Rack yeah, her name her name her maiden name is Sandra Yun, but uh, she married a former liberal MPP by the name of Mariel Rackle. Uh, who coincidentally is also running for regional councillor in the same election his wife is now contesting for mayor in. Uh, there was a former Liberal MP by the name of Deb Schultz who was on the ballot, but she withdrew because she had a recurrence of cancer and she announced on a press release that she has to go and get herself healthy and cannot run a mayoral campaign. Well, uh, we wish her all, but, the, all yeah. the best, that's for sure, yeah. in recovery. But actually, yeah. there's something very interesting going on in Markham and Richmond Hills. Uh, let me start with Markham because uh, it went for the longest time that there was almost nobody on, on the ballot running for mayor. Uh, and my understanding was Mayor Frank Scarpetti was running again, and he always waits until the last moment to register, probably because he wants to do that to try to make sure that nobody else runs so he can just get a claim. But uh, at the last at the last moment, uh, uh, somebody did run against, that uh, is running against him. Um, his name's Don Hamilton. He is a current regional councillor and the deputy mayor of Markham. Uh, he was a former ward local councillor. Um, so it is now a two-person race oh. for the mayor of Markham, which I think is very interesting because uh, Mayor Scarpetti's opponent isn't just some random fringe person. It's somebody who served with him on council. It's somebody who, if you wanted a change, but maybe not that much. If you just don't like Frank, maybe you will vote for Don. So I'm very interested to see how the campaign unfolds there. And finally, in Richmond Hill, it seems it's, uh, I believe, one local activist group that described it as a litigation field because it's, it seems like a number of incumbents who are running have gotten into either legal problems or have been arrested or have 
currently suing the city of Richmond Hill. Um, <laughs> mayor David West, who just won the January by-election to fill the mayoral seat after the previous mayor stepped down for uh, health reasons. He's running against uh, incumbent regional councillor Carmine Pirelli. Uh, Mr. Pirelli is currently suing the city of Richmond Hill and various former staffers, oh, you know uh, his current council colleagues, except two of them, mm-hmm. for... Um, I think it was something to do with him uh, using $140,000 for a green bin program that was not approved by the city, and he was reprimanded, and now he's suing the city he wants to leave. Um, There are also currently two councillors who are running for re-election. One was just uh, had to, uh, I think she was fined $5,000 for some reason. I can't remember what, but uh, the other councillor running for re-election was recently stopped at a TTC stop on his way back from, uh, uh, I think, a baseball game by, I think, TTC um, yep, security I remember people. that story, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Um, and he I'm looked gonna... like he was resisting arrest, so I don't know. There's I'm going to have to jump, jump in there. Yeah, I yeah, we're, jump coming in, up, jump in. we're jumping on, We're coming up on our time uh, uh, for the yeah. episode, so I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, I think no, we're going to have to stop it at, at Richmond Hill. I think that's as far east as we'll go in, in the 905. But, um, Alan and Laura, thank you uh, so much for coming back onto the podcast uh, to both of you at the same time, nonetheless, so we can have a real fulsome discussion about the yeah. uh, the, the races. Uh, we'll, we'll probably reach out to you guys again before the uh, the election happens to just talk about what are you know what's going to transpire. Why are you suing? Why are you running for council for the city that you're suing? Is what I wondered about Richmond Hill. I I don't know. It's not the first time this. Well, this, we'll discuss this the first we'll discuss time it. Guy. All right, we'll discuss it afterwards. Continue. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much, I'm everyone. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. 
Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.